It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. The small town of Bastogne is located on a plateau in southeastern Belgium amidst the thick forested region known as the Ardennes. This little town is going to find its way into the history books as one of the most amazing battlegrounds of all time. Hey, this is Eric. And before we visit Bastogne, Belgium and get our spiritual adrenaline pumping, I wanted to mention that I still have room in my upcoming Man Talk conference, November 13th through 15th, on the Ellerslie campus. If you would like a fresh charge of spiritual vigor in your soul, please consider joining us here in Windsor, Colorado for this conference. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to learn more. Now let's join the 101st Airborne Division on December 20th of 1944. They are totally surrounded. They are buried in the snow. They are cut off from all supply. They are almost out of all ammunition, food, and medical supplies. But there is one thing that they are not short on. Courage. Let's get inspired by witnessing the unbreakable boys of Bastogne as they heartily defy the demand to surrender. We are in the midst of a key battle in World War II as we go through our spiritual lessons from World War II series. Uh, I think this is uh, episode 79, and we are uh, closing or nearing the end of the war, uh, but there is a very significant conflict uh, called the Battle of the Bulge that is going to unfurl December 16th of 1944 out of the Ardennes forest. Uh, So we've been covering that uh, and the strategic movements of Hitler to break a very thin line of the American forces that are stretching over a 75-mile piece of uh, territory with only four divisions, and he's going to hit them with 70. And so it's a very, very delicate uh, situation, and the Americans look like they could uh, break and it would be a disaster. Uh, Hitler's design is to actually sweep up and retake Antwerp, Belgium, which is a key port city, which is the key supply center for the Allied troops to actually go into Germany and stop this war. So it's a very, very critical hour, and the fact that I've already given enough spoilers that uh, the Allied forces are going to win, Hitler is going to be crushed. I don't like giving those things away, even though if you know your World War II history at all, you would know that. Uh, but at the same time, it's always good to get in the moment and recognize the intensity of the moment. And the Battle of the Bulge, I think for many uh, Americans especially, uh, it's D-Day and the Battle of the Bulge that are probably the most interesting to us. In fact, I could say at Omaha Beach and the Siege of Bastogne. Those are probably the two most intriguing, I don't know if it's a man thing, uh, but the most intriguing dimensions of World War II, and I would probably even have to admit, for me. And I don't know why that is. Uh, it's, tr- it's like classic American. I mean, it, it definitely gives away my, my American uh, bloodstream there because uh, it is the Omaha Beach was the American landing spots, uh, and the Battle of the Bulge was basically an American war. There were some Brits uh, involved, but it was mainly the Germans against the Americans. And it's the heaviest losses the Americans have ever faced in any battle in history, and is going to be in the Battle of the Bulge. And so it's a very, very significant loss point for us, but also a significant victory uh, for us. So it's sort of that bragging point that goes on uh, through history. Uh, it's a key moment that sort of allied and, and uh, brought our nation together. 
And so we're going to hang out in a very key moment of that uh, Battle of the Bulge uh, today, and it's, it's a deeply stirring one to me, and I'm hoping it does the same for you. My goal in going through this is not to just teach war history, even though that does happen. That's a byproduct of it. It's to actually teach us spiritual battle and to understand how we stand in the midst of these things. The same things that they're facing in a physical warfare are the same things we face in a spiritual warfare. This is called Unbreakable Bastone, and uh, it's pretty exciting. <clears throat> so we have the Ardennes Forest, so if you look at a picture, this is a picture of uh, uh, what, South uh, Western Europe, uh, where we have France and Great Britain. The island of Great Britain is just up to the top of the screen, and we have this square. This is just overlapping Luxembourg, Belgium, and northern France, and this is going to be the Ardennes Forest. So this is a forest region, and the Americans are convinced that the Germans will not attack through this region, which is the great irony. Uh, so they're sending all of their depleted troops, all of their uh, men that need a reprieve, that need to recover because they've been going since D-Day. And so they're sending them all into this zone. And because this is the least likely place to experience any havoc. And of course, Hitler recognizes that's where he wants to hit them. And so he is going to literally make this monstrously large attack right through the impassable territory of the Ardennes, the forest region. So uh, just to give us a, a catch-up, uh, since D-Day, D-Day would be the yellow star on the screen up at the beaches of Normandy. And then the green star is going to be the Fellez pockets where uh, Operation Ludic of Hitler is going to try and attack the weakened line of Patton. Uh, the Americans or the Americans and the British are going to form a pocket around them and devastate uh, seven to eight divisions. It's a huge victory for the, uh, for the Allied forces. Then they're going to take Paris. That's the blue star. Then they're going to swing up to that red star, which is Antwerp. So uh, you see the square in there. It's giving you some location. Uh, Hitler is going to actually make his move through that square. He wants to get to that red star. His goal is to break the line of the Allied forces and to separate out the British forces to the north and to hopefully work some sort of treaty which is in the favor of the Nazis for surrender. Uh, if he could surround you know, a few hundred thousand British soldiers, he feels like he has a pretty good bargaining chip. And so that star, I don't know what color that is. I can't uh, see a color on it very easily. It looks sort of black from here. Uh, in the box is a town called Bastogne. It is an extremely critical strategic location. It's on a high plateau of about 1,400 feet. And it's like this plateaued town that is the main arterial. So there's like seven key roads that go through the Ardennes all through Bastogne. And so Hitler has his eye on Bastogne. Well, you could imagine the Allies, when they recognize where Hitler is hitting, Bastogne becomes a very, very critical location. So Bastogne, Belgium, the critical town of seven roads. You know, it's interesting. There are various Bastones uh, in the Bible, uh, in the truth of doctrine even. And I, I've walked through that. When we first started out, I basically was going through some different Bastones where they're key arterial truths and so you take the truth of faith, for instance. 
If you don't understand faith and what faith is, or you redefine faith and you pervert the notions of faith, it's interesting how it empties the power of the Christian life because everything in Christianity functions off of this thing called faith. And it is the key soul movement to engage with God. So uh, just to give you some others, grace, that's a key arterial. So it's a key location, a strategic town, if you will, in the Ardennes that the devil would want to take because it's an arterial. It is a source where if you understand it, it actually feeds so many other truths. So when you combine faith and grace, you basically have a bastone. You have these key, uh, this key location on a plateau that says, yeah, if you understand the work of Jesus, the work of that cross, you understand how to appropriate it with faith and how to access the grace to live this thing, well, you've got a key location here. This plateau in which, uh, yeah, I could understand why the enemy wants to take that out, but I could also say, I could understand why God's gonna say, keep that, hold that territory, don't lose it. So the command from above. So the allied commanders at the top are basically going to make it very, very clear. You must hold Bastogne. Now, when you're a lower level character in this whole military operation, you don't always know what's going on. In fact, you're going to hear from some of the, uh, the 101st Airborne, who's going to be the, the key division that is going to be holding Bastogne. They have no idea of the significance of what they're in at the time. To them, there's a lot of fighting going on all over Europe. Why? would they think that what they have is more important than anything else? In fact, in history, in World War II history, it's going to be considered one of the most crucial battles of the entire war, and this war is six years long. And so this is a very, very sizable moment, and the people involved in it have no idea that it is so significant, which is part of what intrigues us, I think. The fact that the people involved don't understand how big this is, and they're still going to live with such heroism. It makes more sense to live with heroism if you know all the gravity of the situation. Most of us don't know when we're holding Bastogne how significant it is in the course of history. When we're holding our own soul, when we're standing unbreakable and immovable in the midst of the devilish tide against us, why does that matter? I'm just one little life in this whole schematic. Little do we realize that when one Christian is willing to stand in the midst of that heat, it could actually break forth a victory elsewhere. And so as a result, knowing how to hold Bastogne becomes very, very significant. Hebrews 10.39, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Now, look at the reference. This is Hebrews 10.39. This is the very last verse in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 11 is where most of us, if we're going, we, we isolate out chapters. We have a tendency to do that as Christians. And Hebrews chapter 11 is the chapter on faith. And so it's going to start listing out these great heroes of the faith throughout the years. And this, it's referencing, it's, it's a response to this statement. We are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. And then it's going to start listing who those are. You see, we do not shrink back in the darkest hour of Bastogne. This is going to get pretty dark, guys. Okay, remember, this is December 16th of 1944. So it's in the dead of winter in Europe. And it just so happens that this is the worst winter in at least 40 years. 
<laughs> it is a disastrous weather condition that is going to be meeting this exact situation. And so let's set up uh, the scene. The story of the 101st Airborne Division. The 101st Airborne Division is at a military camp. They have just arrived and they are coming in after extreme efforts since D-Day. They need to rest and re-equip. So the 101st is dog tired. They just entered a much needed rest and re-equip phase after completing Operation Market Garden in Holland. But instead of rest, they immediately are commanded on December 18th, 1944 to head out into the brutal winter weather on a 104-mile journey south to Bastogne, a, town a strategic town situated atop a high plateau. They have no idea what they're about to go into. They just know that they're exhausted, but they're needed. They heard that the Germans broke through on December 16th and that they are now needed. Now, what's interesting is it was going to be a different division that was going to get Bastogne, and they were going to be sent to a different location, but the other group was more recuperated and ready to go first, so they went to the other location, which in history, in, in all the annals of history, is sort of like, boy, you would have wanted to go to the other location. You wouldn't want to go to Bastogne. Of course, no one knows this at the time, but the 101st are exhausted. They have not, could you imagine you were just about to have your rest and recuperation time, you're going to re-equip. Instead, you have to go out into the winter weather and go on a 104-mile journey, uh, whether that's walking, I'm guessing it's in the back of pickups, you know, I'm not exactly sure how they transported them, but this is a huge amount of men and they're making their way down to Bastogne. The situation. Uh, we're just going to call it impossible. So they're going to arrive uh, around the 19th, and on the 20th, uh, the siege on Bastogne is going to actually unfold, and the Nazis are going to surround the entire town. This is the worst possible situation that could ever happen in war, is to be enveloped in a pocket. They are surrounded, and now there's a siege on their city, on this town. So the situation, it's impossible. And if you look at it on paper, you're going, you would agree. There's no possible way that this group of tired soldiers can possibly defend this particular uh, location. The troops are totally exhausted, totally surrounded. They're outnumbered five to one. All right, I don't know if any of you wants to be in this situation. Okay, did I mention that it's the dead of winter? <laughs> so here's a, a map. It, it actually sort of looks like, if you look at the Allied side, uh, we're mainly in Belgium. It looks like a guy smiling and laughing, I'm not, uh, which is a funny, funny statement. And in the mouth area, you're going to see you know, where the red creeps in. That's the Battle of the Bulge. That's the movement of the Nazis across the line. And you're going to see Bastogne swallowed up in there, and the 101st Airborne Division has to hold that territory, though they are surrounded in the midst of that ocean of Nazi forces. Okay, uh, you don't want to be in Bastogne right now. So, the weather Arctic, it's the coldest winter in 40 years. Hmm. It's a foot of snow on the ground when they arrive. <laughs> the clothing, well. Boots, yes, at least some of us have them, but boots for summer, not winter. So they're not clothed for this. They're not clothed for winter warfare, yet they can't get any supplies to them. The ammunition, almost gone. 
Did I mention that we were outnumbered five to one? The medical supplies, what medical supplies? The supply line. So there's no supply line. When there's uh, in a, a pocket, now there's no way to get supplies in. There is one way, and that's to fly over and drop them in. The problem is there is such a dense fog. The weather is so bad that the, the planes cannot fly. So as a result, there's no way to see even where to drop. There's no way to fly right now. So as a result, there is zero supply line. So the visibility is zero. Planes can't fly. And if planes can't fly, they can't drop supplies. We are running out of everything. The attitude. This is, this is pretty good, guys. Now, I did switch out one word uh, in here and put it in the parentheses, and I used the word wretches. Uh, I figured that was sort of Christian correct. That would work. They've got us surrounded, the poor wretches. Now we can attack them on every side. That's the attitude of the Americans. They've got us surrounded. Oh, I feel sorry for them. Now we can hit them everywhere. <clears throat> so when the natural is bleak, so here's what I want you to catch for you. Now, I know the history in this is very intriguing. You want to know what's going to happen. However, in our lives, there are going to be situations where the enemy has a boast. I've got you. Give up. His appeal is to have us set down our weapons and that everything will go easier for us the moment we do. Come on, set them down. You keep fighting, it's going to get worse for you. This is the exact appeal that is going to come at this exact moment. So when the natural is bleak, this is the moment the soldier is proven. The demand to surrender, give up, let go of the fight, give up the stone. Now what did God say? Hold on to the stone in your own soul. I know we're talking about allied commanders that, are said, that said that, but you have your own bestone. You have your own trust that God has given you. He's given you truth. He's given you a deposit of hope and faith. You know what is true. Now what are you gonna do with it? Your commander says, hold that, even unto the death. So what if, what if the Nazis make an appeal? What if they command surrender? Give up. Let go of the fight, give up the stone. So we actually have the communications between the Nazi commander. His name uh, is uncomfortably close to mine. General Heinrich Freher von Lutwitz. <laughs> you notice that my name has gotten associated with a lot of Nazi nonsense this whole time? Those turkeys. Uh, <clears throat> so this is the command, this is the letter, the demand that is going to be sent into Bastogne. To the USA commander in the encircled town of Bastogne, the fortune of war is changing. This time the USA forces in and near Bastogne have been encircled by strong German armored units. More German armored units have crossed the river Auer, there's a, there's a river called Auer, uh, near Orthville, have taken march and reached St. Hubert by passing through Hompre-Sibret-Tillet. Libremont is in German hands. Sorry for all my butchery of Belgium and French locations. There is only one possibility to save the encircled USA troops from total annihilation. That is the honorable surrender of the encircled town. In order to think it over, a term of two hours will be granted, beginning with the presentation of this note. If this proposal should be rejected, one German artillery corps and six heavy AA battalions are ready to annihilate the USA troops in and near Bastogne. 
The order for firing will be given immediately after this two-hour term. All the serious civilian losses caused by this artillery fire would not correspond with the well-known American humanity. The German commander. All right, guys, how you doing? If you're in Bastogne, could you understand why you would be a little weak-kneed and why you might consider surrendering? I mean, they have a, they have a pretty good point here. And you see, this is Christianity in a nutshell. We have a siege on Bastogne right now in this country. And Christians let go. Give it up. Isn't it obvious that the enemy has taken this country? Isn't it obvious that it's time for you to set down your weapons and just be silent? You know what would happen with all these Belgium households? When, they, when, when the Nazis were coming in and they were sweeping around Bastogne, people had stuck USA uh, signs above their doors which said, I'm loyal to the USA. And then when they realized the Nazis are coming, you know what people started to do? They took down their USA signs and stuck up Nazi signs. Are you going to waver like the wave of the sea like that? See, just because you start to be surrounded, you're going to take down your allied uh, loyalties and stick up a Nazi one? You know how many people in the Church of Jesus Christ have done that in this past six months? In other words, look, 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 I'm not against the culture. Look, I'm not against society. I, I, I'm not trying to be incorrect here. Which side are you on? Are you going to hold Bastogne or not? Uh, see, don't you feel this, guys? This is juicy. Okay, guys, I have the response from the American commander. Are you guys ready to hear what he's going to say? Famous response. Brigadier General Anthony McAuliffe to the German commander. Nuts. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> that was his response. The Germans are like, uh, don't, don't, don't speak English. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> What's funny is most Americans have no idea what that means. It's not because it would have been, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you a definition of what that would mean. Translation of nuts, not on your life. You, in other words, the way we would say is you must be nuts to think that, okay? That would be the way that we would translate it. The Germans were struggling with this going, is that a surrender? Is that, <laughs> they didn't know what that meant. So they interpreted it as a defiance. That was how they interpreted it, which they correctly uh, interpreted it. But it basically means no way. You should be the one surrendering. We have you right where we want you. Isn't that a great response? And when the troops found out what McAuliffe had said, his, his, his nickname is General Nuts McAuliffe, all throughout history. That's, that's what he's known as. For this one moment where he's basically going to say, nope. We're not going anywhere. We've got you where we want you. The attitude as it spread throughout the 101st Airborne was just invigorating. It's like, yeah, we've got them where we want them. Isn't that amazing? That's what we need as the church of Jesus Christ right now. We need to remember who we serve. Our God will not lose. So to the allied forces, they knew that Patton was a couple miles away. And they knew that he was coming for them. They knew it. And so as a result, they were willing to stand even to the death. Tons of them are going to die in Bestone. But they're going to fight, and they're going to fight knowing that Patton is coming. Do you know who's coming? Do you know who is sweeping in 
to actually support the cause of the Christian life. Hebrews 10.39, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. We are not with those that set down their weapons and give up. But of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. We are those who have faith to the preserving of Bastogne. Okay, our job is not actually a town on a plateau in Belgium named Bastogne. Our first job is right here. It's this body, and the enemy wants to take it. If you're married, it's that marriage. If you have a family, it's that family. If you have a church, it's that church. This is the attitude, and it's the same attitude, mind you, when the devil comes up and demands you to set down your arms for your own thought life, for your own emotions, for your own faith, and you say, nuts! back. I know it's probably not what you would have chosen to say. However, that's going to become deeply symbolic to you by the end of this message. It's basically not on your life. Translation of nuts. Patton's coming. Just watch. We may be tired. We may be weak. And yes, we may be out of food, medical supplies, and ammunition. But those are the circumstances in which the 101st Airborne Division does their best fighting. You know how crazy this is, guys? These guys are surrounded in the middle of the harshest winter in 40 years. They have nothing. They are dog-tired. They have not had rest in so long. There is countless numbers of them that are actually laying on litters, which is the concept they came and walk, right? They're, they're so badly wounded, and there's no medical treatment. They have bullets inside them that they can't get out. They have head traumas that can't be solved. They're just laying there. And could you imagine being a medic? On Monday, I'm actually going to go through the medics in Bastogne during this time. I mean, it's an incredible story of what these guys had to do with. It's sort of, eh, that'll be a nice parallel for us too as the Church of Jesus Christ in the midst of this Bastogne. We have so much hurt around us and we're just us. What are we supposed to do about this? Well, that'll be Monday. How are you holding Bastogne? Timidly? Tightly? Tenaciously. You see, there's three different ways to grip what God has given you. Timidly is the way a lot of Christians right now are holding on to what they have. In other words, it is sort of like, well, I mean, if it really gets bad, I'll drop it. But I, I still believe it's the only means of salvation, so I'm going to hold on to it as long as it doesn't cause me any difficulty. You cannot win in this war with a timid hold on the truth of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say, if you have a tight hold on it, I would like you to upgrade today, because I'm all for a tight hold, yes. However, a tenacious hold which says, nuts, back. And it basically mocks the enemy. It's like, you've got to be kidding. Do you think I'm going to give this up? This is the ultimate privilege, but you're surrounded. I know, but God loves impossible odds, tenaciously. So Proverbs eleven sixteen: strong men retain riches. Strong men retain bestone. You've been given a command. Hold on to what you've been given. Hold on to it, not timidly, not even tightly, but tenaciously. Be a strong man right now.
Matthew 16, 21 through 23, Jesus was given a commission. He was given a difficult one. Keep this bastone. Jesus was given the capital B bastone commission out of all, right? And yet he was asked to set down his weapons. Listen to this story. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this shall not, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Are we being mindful of the things of men or the things of God? When we are being encircled, what are we mindful of? Our comforts, how this is going to affect our bank account, our job security. This is how a lot of Christians are thinking right now. They're thinking about how this affects them instead of how it affects the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this generation, how it affects the glory of our God. What are you caught up in? Jesus was caught up in the glory of his God, the purpose and the commission of his Father in heaven. And so what does he say? Get behind me, Satan. So I've broken that down for us. Hippago opiso move satanas. All right, so Hippago, you, get out. You, get out. Isn't that a cool statement? Opiso means back behind to the rear, to the end of the line, back from where you came. And then mu means my, and satanas, of course, Satan or adversary. So Hippago opiso mu satanas, which Technically, I don't know how to speak in Koine Greek, so whether or not it was phrased exactly that way, or uh, there probably were some grammatical uh, differences and tenses uh, to it, but those are the root words. And here's what it means for us. You, Nazi, right here, under my foot, and stay there. In other words, hey, that doesn't come from heaven. Get down under my foot. You have no voice here. Okay, that's a very tenacious response. That's not a timid one. That's not just holding something tightly. That's putting that beckoning to set down your agenda, to set down the holding of Bastone. It's putting it where it belongs. Okay, so get thee behind me. I've, it's, it's hard, you know, I, I've thought of, you know, because under the feet is, is you see me using it here because that's, that's a great illustration in Scripture. But if we were driving a, you know, an army jeep, it would be sort of like sticking them under our rear end and going, Poof, sticking them down saying, you're not moving anywhere. I'm going in this direction anyway. In other words, whatever mental picture you would get, that would be it. It's, it's a very stout statement with a lot of salt on it. Translation of nuts. Nazi under the shoe. Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you remember who gave you this commission? Do you remember that when he said to you, when he gave you this commission, he says, even if you're surrounded, know that I am there in your midst. Do you remember that the one who gave you this commission said that greater is he that is in you than he that could encircle you. 
Do you remember the one that gave you the commission? When he gave you that commission, he told you that, that if God is for you, who can stand against you? That no weapon, no siege set against you couldn't prosper because you belong to him. So when you hear Lutwitz's demands, you know how to respond. Nuts. Psalm 8, 6, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Ephesians 1, and he put all things under his feet, speaking of Jesus, and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Romans 16, 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, amen. We've been given the feet of Christ. Let's use them. The same doggedness that Jesus is going to show. He gets a commission to keep Bastone. And even when those closest to him appeal and say, let it go. You can't just keep holding on to this. When the church around you beckons you to let down your guard. To be a little more correct with the culture around you. Instead of standing firm right here, right now. With a McAuliffe-like Tenacity. Hebrews 2.8, you have put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. So could you imagine if you're in Bastogne, you can know that Patton's army is going to break through. You could have total confidence in it. However, you can't see it right now. You know he's out there. In fact, there could be a secret communique that sneaks through the ranks and it says, I'm near. I'm coming for you. We will give you reprieve any day now. You may know that, but you don't see it. Welcome to Christianity. This is where we're at. All things are under his feet, but we haven't seen them come under his feet yet. And so as a result, we need to rise up and stand even though the natural realm is defined what we know to be true. David was anointed king, and yet he sure doesn't look like king. He's hiding out in caves. But it does not diminish the fact that he was anointed king. So much of Christianity is something has been accomplished, but it hasn't been fully realized yet. And for us as Christians, Bastogne will be defended Patton will bring reprieve. It will bring salvation to Bastone. But you still need to stand your ground in the midst of Bastone right now while you're waiting for that to happen. A Bastone moment. The circumstances are utterly impossible, but you are convinced Patton has not forgotten you and indeed is coming. So I don't know if you've had a Bastone moment in your life. I've had loads of them. I recognize this message is very intimate for me because I recognize bestone moments. And there have been, I, I've never used the term nuts. It's not really my vernacular. But that type of doggedness has been one of the most important things to cultivate in my life. Instead of just falling down and giving up, going into fetal position and sucking my thumb, to rise up and say, I serve the God of the universe. I do not take a step backwards. If anyone's going to take a step backwards, it's going to be you. Oh, enemy, just a reminder, you're defeated. 
I resist you. You will flee. We are the confident ones. We hold the enemy in derision, not the other way around. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We serve a God who is victorious. We need to remember that in the bestone moments. The translation of nuts. Nazis, you totally should surrender. (laughs) So I'm sure this is what McAuliffe meant, right? Mark 10, 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Luke 1, 37. For with God nothing will be impossible. Bestone is an impossibility. It is. If you were to study it and get into the, the, the granular details of it, it is a desperate situation. And to see these tired troops continue on, even in, I mean, this is right over Christmas too. This is what they get for Christmas. McAuliffe's Christmas speech to them was great. You know, basically saying he's, that they're giving a Christmas gift to their country. That's what, they're, that's what they're doing. They're giving the best Christmas gift to their country by holding bestone. I mean, that's, that's quite the perspective. That's the Jesus perspective at the cross. Doesn't feel like much of a Christmas gift to Jesus, right? And yet, he's given a gift to us. That sacrifice of the hero is pretty amazing. So, guys, I'm going to give, this is General Heinrich Freher, I don't know how to pronounce that, von Lucifer, okay? And he has a message for the Church of Jesus Christ in our age, okay? I want to see how you guys respond to this, okay? This is for you. To the Church of Jesus Christ in the encircled town of Bastogne. The fortune of war is changing. This time the church's forces in and near Bastogne have been encircled by strong satanic armored units. More satanic armored units have crossed the river Auer near Orthville, have taken march and reached St. Hubert by passing through Homprosevret to Lid. Libremont is in, this, in Satan's hands. There is only one possible, possibility to save the encircled church troops from total annihilation. That is the honorable surrender of the encircled town. In order to think it over, a term of two minutes, because I didn't want to give us two hours here, will be granted beginning with the presentation of this note. If this proposal should be rejected, one satanic artillery corps and six heavy AA battalions are ready to annihilate the church's troops in and near Bestone. The order for firing will be given immediately after this two-minute term. All the serious civilian losses caused by this artillery fire would not correspond with the well-known Christian humanity, the satanic commander. How you guys doing? We've been encircled, supposedly. It's all going south in this country. And the church is on the dinner menu. You gonna stand with Jesus now? Don't you realize the consequences? Come on. Come on, think about yourself. Think about your family. Think about your future. Come on. God gave you faculties to reason with. Let's be reasonable now. You see, this is Lucifer making an appeal for us to set down our weapons. What should we say? Well, let's see, I have a sample of what it could sound like. This is Brigadier General Faithful Church to the satanic commander. Nuts! Is that what you were thinking of saying? (laughs) Nuts? Translation of nuts. Not under any circumstances shall we surrender. (laughs) 
That's my Sylvester uh, the cat uh, version of it. Or how about this one? Now, under this shoe, you go. That's our response. Okay, as the church, we can genuinely, from the depths of our being, because of a rousing, tenacious faith that we have in our victorious, triumphant king, we can say, no. You're the one that needs to fear, O enemy. There is nothing more fearful to the enemy than a fearless church. Just remember that. There is nothing that causes him more dread than your fearlessness. How are you holding Bastogne? Timidly, tightly, or tenaciously? Many of you are going to be transitioning home after this weekend. It's been an incredible five weeks that we've had together. And there's sort of a... a a latent anxiety over a new step forward. You're not being called to find rest in some military camp up in Holland. You're being called to bestone. You're being called to the front lines. You're being called to exercise what you know to be true. In this next month in American history, we all don't know exactly what's going to happen. But the church could be encircled. It's possible. But it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. The best stories in life are the, I mean, just think about it. Like I said in the beginning, the greatest stories out of World War II for many of us are Omaha Beach and the Siege of Bastogne. These are the greatest stories. You might as well get excited about the stories that we could potentially participate in. That's amazing. Tenaciously is the answer. You've been entrusted with something. Now grip it tenaciously. Hold on to it. No matter what comes your way, you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Stand strong. I remember the key after, and I, I may have shared this with you guys as we were uh, progressing through our five weeks. I can't remember, but I've had uh, two different discussions with the devil I know it sounds terrible. The devil talks to me all the time. But I, I, there's, there's two different times where I remember him giving me a uh, demand or some terms, if I could say it that way. One was uh, when we first started in ministry, and uh, he was hounding us and hounding us, and I didn't understand spiritual battle at all, and we were getting hit and hit hard. And I just wanted to be done. It was like God had given me bestone, and I was ready to give it up. I was. You give me good terms and I'm ready to give it up. So the de devil gave me terms. You give this up, I'll let go of you. I'll stop harassing you. That was basically the terms, right? I'll let go of you was actually the quote. Okay. All right. I'm ready to set down my weapon. So we sit down with Leslie's parents and uh, they thought we were announcing that we were pregnant, I think. And uh, <laughs> it's like, we need to talk with you guys. Like, oh, great. Uh, <laughs> and instead it was Leslie and I are stepping away from ministry. Uh, why? Uh, it's too intense. We just, we can't keep going like this. What do you mean? What happened? Well, I feel like the devil's made it clear that if we will let go of this, he'll let go of us. And I still remember Janet, Leslie's mom, saying, Eric, he's lying to you. You know too much. He's not going to stop until he destroys you. <laughs> I grabbed my weapon, immediately stand back up. I was like, we're not going anywhere. So that was the first one. 
The second one, I was a little brighter. Okay, I'd been around the block a few times. This is the very beginning of Ellerslie. We'd been doing it for the first year. And, oh, to say that we were surrounded and encircled uh, in the first year would be an understatement. That was a siege of Bastogne. The first year of Ellerslie was one of the most intense things I've ever gone through in my life. And uh, at the end of it, I felt like the devil was like this, you know, after we made it through. Well done. Well done, Ludi. You got me. All right, you got me. You have your little bastone here. And so then, then the, the terms came out on the table. You stay here. You keep your little territory here. You don't expand it. You take one step further than where you are right now, and I'm going to bring all hell against you. And so I sat down with the staff, and I told them the deal. I said, yeah, and you know, everyone's a little concerned that it sounds like I'm talking with the devil. I wasn't talking, okay? I, I just got the, the key terms that were set out before me. So I, I said to the staff, I feel like the devil's told us that if we move one step forward, he's going to bring all hell against us. And so everyone's sort of like, what? What a weird conversation you had. Uh, and I said, but my proposal is let's step forward. Let's call his bluff. Let's exert what we know to be true, and that is that he is defeated. Let's remember the cross. Let's remember the empty tomb. Let's remember the exalted Christ who sits enthroned at the right hand of majesty with all things underneath his feet. Let's not play the cowards. Let's play the Christians. We have a long train of history as the church of Jesus Christ. Yes, there's been those that were cowards and ran away with their tail between their legs, but there's a whole bunch that have filled the annals of history that have stood strong unto the end, rejoicing. There's a great cloud of witness that is watching, and they want to see where your soul is going to turn right now. And may they behold the church of Jesus Christ as it ought to be. The ones that are marked by faith, a tenacious faith, that know that our God has done it and he will continue to do it. Father, to live this way we need grace. It is not in our own human moxie that we can do this. We must have God Almighty the Holy Spirit living inside of us, empowering us to boldness and courage. Lord, we belong to you. We do not belong to the enemy. We will do as you ask, not as the enemy demands. Show us our commission, Lord. Show us our bestone. And even if we're tired and it's cold, and we're out of ammunition, we're outnumbered five to one, and we have no medical supplies and no possibility of getting more, we know that Christ is coming, and he will not tarry. We know that our Redeemer lives. Lord Jesus, this is unto you for your praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily Monday through Friday at 8.15 a.m. 
and our weekend service is streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.